You need to know today there's one person that gets all the glory and all the honor, and his name is Jesus. No, no, stop. Let's try that again. You need to know he's the one that takes the foolish things of the world and confuse and confound the wise. I'm just telling you. You've got, a, you've got a pastor that half the time you don't know what he says. You have to use context clues to decipher the language that he is using. Only God can build a church like this. So will you help me honor the Lord Jesus Christ, everybody? Come on. I want to thank, we did on Friday evening, all the founding members that started this church. We wouldn't be here unless we all stand today on their shoulders. I want to thank uh, my spiritual father for making me start this church because I didn't want to. And, uh, and he encouraged us to pull it off. I want to thank every volunteer, every individual that sacrificially gave, every individual that sacrificially gave their time for us to be here today, for every campus that started, when a few people, 20 to 50 to 75 people said, we live close to that area and we'd love to start a campus. I want to thank all of you for your courage, for your boldness, and for your faith. And on today, I want to thank all our campus pastors individually. Um, many of you don't realize how difficult it is to find great people, and great people that are willing to simply serve and not take the credit. Your church has some amazing men and women of God. And I want you to know, you don't just get a Matthew Anderson. He don't just show up. It's because of his love for Jesus, his love for his family, and his love for the church Why he's here today. I want to thank Pastor Matt. Yeah, that's very appropriate. Thank you. I want to thank Pastor Zarius, the Plainer Campus Pastor, because he left an extraordinarily lucrative job to come here and to pastor the Plainer campus, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for his transparency, vulnerability, and honesty, and for that we salute him. Hold your applause, hold your applause, hold your applause till the end. We got too many of them, and I gotta go. Uh, number three, I wanna thank Pastor Luke Brunel and his family. He leads our Prosper campus, our second largest campus, and he, was, he planted a church, it didn't work, then he started a construction company and came to our church, invited him to be on our pastoral team, and now he's crushing it for the glory of God in the Prosper location. It is only God that brings such incredible people around that allows us to do what we do. And then you've got Pastor Ron from our Dallas campus who left Philadelphia and come here to start our student ministry. And the students now, student ministry now stands on his shoulder as he's done some amazing things with it. Then we need a campus pastor for Dallas and he says, hey man, sign me up, I will go. And to this day, he sets up and tears down with his incredible team every single week. And then, as if that wasn't enough, this February we started our Garland campus and you've got a guy who is the, who is the dean of students at Dallas Seminary that worked here for one full year without a salary, started that campus without a salary and launched it and it's thriving today with 700 people every weekend started in February. Don't clap yet. And then we have a dude from the Congo Oh, you're going to come from the Congo and pastor here. And, and he was pastoring a church. 
and he felt the Lord say that he should be a part of our body here, and now he leads and is doing an incredible job at our Louisville campus. I want you to help me, not yet, thank every last one of these pastors and their wives for all that they have done. Let's give it up for God. And then if you don't mind, um, I wouldn't be here, nor would we be um, the church we are without my bride. So will you help me honor Jada and May Colvin Edwards? Thank you. I have an incredible assignment today, and that is many of you came in here mad because it was so hard to get in. Praise the Lord, you have to forgive me and us. So just release it, all right? We made, listen, we made Israel go an extra seven minutes so that the time you missed, you would get on the backside, which means I have a two minute sermon for you today. <laughs> I love it. Uh, everybody, everybody in the bullpen thinks I can't do it. Everybody. I, I said, put. I said, put 15 minutes on the clock, I'm going to do it. Everybody says, it's impossible. You can't do it. I just waited a minute, wasted a minute talking to you about that. So here we go. You don't need to stand for the word today. I got one verse. Let's get, let's, let's get it going. Let's, let's get it going. Hey, hey, the AV team just put on the screen, impossible. They don't think I can do it. They're so rude. <laughs> Come on, let's get to it. Uh, where should I start? Lord, help me. Give me a verse to start with. Uh, Jeremiah chapter, actually, I don't need it. Um, um, I'm going to mess up a verse for you today because all of you have preached this, taught it. You've told your friends about it, your coworkers. You've used it, and you've used it out of context. So I'm going I'm to bless you today by correcting it. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know huh, the plans I have for you, huh, says the Lord. <laughs> that verse was given to a group of people who were in exile. All of them, they were, they were frustrated. False prophets told them, you're only going to be here for two years. Jeremiah showed up, mm -mm, 70 years you're going to be suffering for. Can I get a witness? Somebody, 70 years. You go, so when you go through your little drama and somebody says, oh yeah, the Lord told me this is your year of breakthrough. Make it fly. Be careful who you listen to because they will give you false hope. God says, I'm going to be with you in the exile, and what you need more than anything else is me. God is most glorified in me when I'm most satisfied in him. Say it with me twice. God is most glorified in me when I am most satisfied in him. Last time. God is most glorified in me when I am most satisfied in him. Here's what that means. That is such an important statement for every Christian and every believer today. The only reason you're here is because of God's great mercy. If it was not for his great mercy, he would not have gone to the cross. If he didn't go to the cross, you would have been eternally banished away from God. Therefore, every believer in here ought to be grateful for the, for the fact that God's great mercy sent his son to the cross. 
so he could take the sins of the world upon him so that you can have a relationship with the Father. That's the gospel. You get saved by faith alone in Christ alone for the remission of your sins. The reason you love God is because his great mercy came toward you when you wanted to have nothing to do with him. When you understand the gospel, now you can live a happy life in your marriage because when your spouse acts a fool, you can say, because of his great mercy, I can give great mercy. When your job acts a fool, you can say, because of his great mercy, I can give great mercy. The only reason you're here is because of God's great mercy. In light of that, the reason you're satisfied in him is because you realize, but for God, I couldn't take the next breath. But for God, I couldn't take my next step. But for God, I couldn't think the next thought. It's only because of his great mercy. So when he calls upon Christians to give great mercy, he's not asking you to muster up the energy. He's asking you to remember what he did. And since he did it for you, you can do it for somebody else. Therefore, there are four things I have to say and then I'm gone. Number one, the, the people of Israel went from Jerusalem to Babylon. They're now in captivity. And God says to them, uh, the first thing I want you to realize, is I want you to be, be productive in your predicament. I want you to be productive in your predicament. When you go through a hard time, he says, don't think I just called you to set you apart so you don't have to mix with people who don't think like you. The problem with the church is two things happen. Number one, they had this thing called the moral majority. And instead of us loving our enemies or loving people who don't think like us, we determined, the church did this, that we would go into politics, listen to me now, and then we would get the church to go against the world. So instead of reaching them with the gospel, we are trying to tell them, you are wrong, we are right, and we're not going to like you until you think like us. It crushed the church of Jesus Christ and its reputation. Number two, then churches start telling people, don't, don't evangelize anymore. We just want you to bring them to church because we, the professionals, will evangelize. So now you take the army of God, and many of you have not shared your faith in 10 years. You've not told somebody about the gospel of Jesus Christ because you want to bring them to church and let the professionals tell them instead of saying, I know the word and I know the great mercy he has given to me, so let me tell you about my Jesus and let me tell you why you need him. This is why also you need to be clear on what the gospel is. Why is this so important? Because the gospel is a free gift from God. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. You bask in it. That's what the gospel is. Listen to why this is so important. It's so important because don't mix. You got to get water baptized to be saved. It's a gift from God based on his pure, great mercy. Why is this so important? Because if you can do anything to earn the salvation, then Jesus' death was in vain. He died so that you don't need to do not one doggone thing except accept him. That's it. You don't add it. No, is baptism important? Of course it is important. And when you see all those verses about that, talk about, well, 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 you have to look at the totality of the scriptures before you come to a conclusion. Don't build a whole theology on one verse or two verses. That's why don't tell me if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. That's nonsense. I'm not saying that speaking in tongues is not real and active, but it's not a condition of your salvation. Because when Jesus went to the cross, he died so that you can be set free. Now, listen to me, church. I don't have time for you. Sit down. All I'm trying to tell you today is this is so important. Because we have been blessed with great mercy so we can be a blessing to others. For the first 14 years of this church, God's wildly blessed us. 
But the mistake we have made is a lot of it have been for us. And not for the community that we're in. For the next 14 years. All the saving people, all, the, all that's still true. But we're going to fill the cracks in our community. When we see hurting people, we're going to sign up. Because people who don't think like us is not the enemy. God sent us here to model for them and show them great mercy. They're not the enemy. Therefore, we have to be productive in the predicament that we're in. Number two. Secondly, not only do you need to be productive in the predicament, you need to pray for your persecutors. There are people that hate you. Welcome to Christianity. There are people that despise you. Welcome your job. Here's what verse 7. Here's what verse 7. Yeah, verse 7 says that you ought to pray for the welfare of the city. Here's all that means. Here's all that means. All that means is your job, your job, your job, your job. Whenever somebody hates you, whatever you want for yourself, pray for it for them. That's it. That's it. Let me say that again. This side didn't like that. This hold on, I'm coming. This side over here didn't like that. When your ex when your ex shows up and they have their boo now, it's your job to pray for the best boo they could ever get. You want a good boo? Then pray for their boo. Stop hating on your exes and start loving them. Whatever you want for you, pray for them. You, you want them to die, pray for you to die. You wish they'd go to hell, pray for you to go to hell. Whatever you want for them, pray for it for you. Whatever you want for yourself, pray for it for them. Here's all that means. You want joy? Pray for their joy. You want peace? Pray for their peace. You want blessings? Pray for their blessings. That's all it said. I'm not making this up. The text says it. What, whenever, because we're not against people. Why? Why? Why should I pray for great blessings to them? Here's why. Because his great mercy was given to you. Therefore, you give great mercy to the people who have pissed you off. Number three. Number three. Number three. Number three. Number three. Third one is you ought to protect yourself from false prophets. That is people who love to say, God told me so. That is people who love to say, yeah, as a friend of mine told me that God told them. Let me help, let me help you out. In this passage, all they preached to them was, in two years ago, all of y'all are going to be released from this. You're going to get back to Jerusalem, and everything's going to be fine. No, it's not. You're going to be here 70 years. Suffering is going to become normal. Therefore, get used to it. Appreciate God because your external circumstances does not determine the joy that you have on the inside. Jesus and Jesus alone will bring you the satisfaction you need. Therefore, cling to him as close as you can and identify the false prophets. How do you know the false prophets based on the text? Here's all you know. The false prophet never prayed about their answer. They just gave their answer. You got a lot of people. Whenever somebody wants to hurry up and tell you what you should do, or whenever somebody wants to tell you, well, based on my experience, you need to do this, you need to say, get thee behind me, Satan. No, it's not that they're the devil, but like Peter, the devil will put thoughts in their brain to come tell you. That's why you need to identify the source from which it's coming from and say, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm satisfied with Jesus. Number four. Number four. I can't believe I'm going this fast. Number four. Number four. Patiently remember that God has a plan. Patiently, Jeremiah 29, 11 now, patiently remember that God has a plan. But don't try to determine his plan. Go to God. Hey, pull up verse number 11 for me, 11 and 12. No, 12, no, 12 and 13. Let's go quickly. Verse 12. Verse 12 says this. It says, then you will call upon. Come on, everybody. Then you will call upon. And come and pray to. 
You want the plan? Guess who has the plan? God does. So don't, don't pursue the solution. Pursue Jesus because Jesus is the one that has the solution for what you're going through. He continues. Next verse. He continues. He says, he says, I want you to seek me. He says, next verse, yeah, it's coming. Don't slow me down. You just gave me back a minute. Uh, uh, it's coming. Next verse, verse number, yeah. You will, you will, yeah, here we go. You will seek me. Seek who? Me. And find who? Me. When you search for me with all your Quit searching for the solution and search for Jesus because the more you find Jesus, he's the one that got your solution. Oh, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. Therefore, in light of that, in light of that, in light of that, as a church, all we're trying to do is now find the needs in the community and bless them. That is why we're asking to give $40. Why? None of it comes to us. We're just going to bless our community. So when we see somebody that's hurting, guess what we're going to do? Fill the crack. When you see a homeless person, guess what we're going to do? We're going to find resources. And if we can bless somebody, we're going to. If we can, we're going to find the people who do. And then we're going to go provide them a place to stay. When you find injustice in the community, we're going to represent them legally to help them get there. When people are hungry and don't have food, that's why we're starting a whole grocery store so that they can have food. When people, when people are uh, undocumented and don't have insurance, we're going to help them find medical places where they can be served. Why? Because that's the purpose of the church. Those who have been given great mercy must receive it and then return it to other people. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't like that, you need to go to another church because we are now saying, as for me and this house, we're going to fill the cracks in the city whenever we see them because that's the job of the church. We're not against somebody because they don't think like us. We're not against people because they don't vote like us. We're not against anybody. We're here to love our enemies, love people who are far from God so that they will know the love of the Savior who, because of his great mercy, died for us. I'm done. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, you know another service is coming. <laughs> so we thank you for your great mercy and how you've loved us. In light of that, will you allow this body of believers to show the world what a surrendered believer looks like that understands the gospel, the mercy you have given us. And now we are eagerly looking for cracks in our community to fill them. Raise up a generation of generous people that are eagerly looking to bless others. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say.